Hey, you guys. So, I wanted to make a podcast about a few things, and I got busy with work and life, and I'm kind of like, okay, so what am I going to make a podcast about? So, I recently saw a video posted by Cynthia G, who I do follow on YouTube, about Goldman Sachs and um, how they're planning on donating $10 billion to black women, and a lot of black men on the internet were salty about it, as well as everybody else. My thing about that is this. If Goldman Sachs wants to give the money to black women for health and education and different things, it's probably because black women are going to school and ending up in debt because we don't have an inheritance because there's no generational wealth in our community. We don't have people with trust funds in our family giving us trust funds and, and you know, most black women are not inheriting houses and land and things like other groups of women are in this country. It's also difficult for black women to marry well in terms of getting married at all, first and foremost. And then when we do get married, we usually make more money than our partner. Now, there are black men who have money, but most of them marry outside of their race. And those relationships don't usually last. Black men tend to have more successful relationships with black women. That's the irony. Like, they talk so much about black women, all negative, but the only women they can even get along with are black women. Like, the the true irony is that black men talk so badly about black women and children, but the only people in this world who like black men are black women and children, yet their number one enemy is single moms. It's like, how addicted to misery can you be? Like, it's ridiculous. But, um... I say all that to say... Goldman Sachs is more than likely donating this money because black women are starting businesses and going to college. And they're also donating it to black women's health because there's a huge wealth gap in the country and it's only getting bigger. And black women are dealing with a lot of um, high mortality after childbearing as compared to all other groups of women in the country. And we are heads of house more than all other groups of women in the country. And... um. We work more on average than all other groups of women on the country, in the country. And we've been here longer than most other groups of women in the country, aside from white women of English descent. Um, so we kind of need the help. So they're offering to help. And a lot of black men were like, oh, this is a divide. This is a divide. And you know something? It got me to thinking about a lot of different things. I'd seen a video a while ago about W.E.B. Du Bois. It was on YouTube, on my old YouTube channel. And I can't remember the name of the video, so I couldn't really find it. But I guess I'll do a part two and I'll look it up in between. Anyways, the video was about... um, W.E.B. Du Bois and how he was the first African-American to graduate from Harvard and how when he went to a major city, I believe it was Philadelphia, he did a case study because there were a lot of stereotypes about African-Americans at the time. Of course, there still are. And the only way to see if these were stereotypes, myths, and um, 
if these concepts were based off of general ignorance or if they were actually factually accurate descriptions of black culture, it had to be studied and quantified. So what W.E.B. Du Bois was able to do was he was able to conduct a case study. And this was the first case study that had to do with race. So he was able to go and look and see, okay, the unions are saying they're not going to hire any black people because black people are lazy and can't work and aren't as smart. What he found out was that black people weren't living as long. The black population was much younger because our short our life expectancy was shorter and we were doing domestic duties more than unionized work, which led to us having a lower socioeconomic status, which led to us not being as good at workers because we didn't have as many good opportunities. So it wasn't so much that we just weren't as good, but we weren't given as many good opportunities. And so because of that... They were able to start, he started a newspaper called The Crisis, and he was able to really lead the civil rights movement during the early half of the 20th century. Now, we know that the civil rights movement didn't really start to pick up steam until the mid-20th century during the 1950s and 60s, but it started during the early 1900s. And W.E.B. Du Bois was really uh, prolific and well-known. He had many disagreements with Booker T. Washington, who was also a civil rights leader. He Booker T. Washington believed in segregation, and W.E.B. Du Bois believed in integration and equity, and they just had different um, beliefs in terms of how to handle the quote-unquote race issues. And so in learning about... W.E.B. Du Bois, or in French it would be W.E.B. Du Bois, but he was a Louisiana Creole, so he spoke English, so he pronounced it Du Bois. Um, in learning about him, I, I can look at that analysis that he made and look at African-American men of today, and you know he, he was able to prove that these stereotypes are based off of racism and not actual fact and data. And the same thing is going on with black women today. There's a lot of myths being spread about black women online by black men saying that we're not as deserving of help, even though we do need the help because they're not giving it to us. And so other groups of men are stepping up, like the people who run Goldman Sachs and the government, to give us aid so that we can try to lessen the wealth gap in the country. There's a level up movement where black women and black men are trying to date interracially and black men are not being able to do so successfully with any group of women. Um, there's a 92% chance if they have a kid with a woman who's not black, that the parent will be a single parent. And, um, black women have the least amount of divorce when they marry outside of their race. But black people in general still deal with discrimination, even in IR relationships, because we're still black. So it isn't exactly a solution, but it does raise the question of 
who is really the ish problem because one thing that I'm hearing about a lot online and reading a lot in the comments all over social media and also in the mainstream media and also just in life in general is that the primary issue in the black community according to black men is single moms well black men create single moms that are all races of women that they have kids with but my question is is that even a bad thing. Is that really the problem at all? Because in actuality, there are many different kinds of families. In the black community, we're told that black kids cannot be successful without a black father. But is that even true? Because we live in a country where we have heterosexuality and monogamy, marriage, and a nuclear family structure being the ideal. But in reality, it's not the only kind of lifestyle. There's homosexuality, bisexuality, transsexuals, transgender, monogamous, polygamous, polygynous, and same-sex couples. There are people who are black who are raised by people who are not black. There are people Black children who are adopted by white people, Asian people, Central American people, mostly of European and Native American descent. There are all kinds of people who can raise black children to be successful. So is the black father all that it takes to have a successful child? Or is it a good black father that matters is it just you being a black man who has a kid does that just make you important or is it more important that you're a good person raising your kids because in learning more about different lifestyles different cultures different religions and how different people are raised around the world you learn that there are all different kinds of ways to raise children that can still lead to a healthy productive child growing up to be a healthy productive adult for example Let's say a white person raises a child and the child grows up to be a senator and is very successful. Well, that child didn't grow up with a black father. So was the black father really necessary for the child to grow up to be successful versus a black child who grows up and is beat up and abused by their father or sexually assaulted or something like that? Or would it be better if a black child is raised with a single mom who loves them? Or is it better if a black child is raised by two moms that are their same race or a different race? Or is it better if the the child is raised with a bunch of moms and one dad or a bunch of dads and one mom? Is it okay if a child is raised by two men? Or just one man. In the black community, there's been this saying that a child needs a father. But in reality, children need good loving people to be raised healthily and successfully. It isn't necessarily the case that you need to have a father to be successful in life. And I've even met men who were raised by single mothers who said, one man in particular that I went to college with told me that he was not raised with his father. He was raised by a bunch of really great women. And he himself 
had no issues being raised like that. And this was a black man because he said that he had great moms and an aunt. He had a mom, he had an aunt, he had a grandmother. Everyone was doing what they were supposed to do. And he was just raised and he was fine. I've met a number of men and women who were raised in ways outside of the nuclear family. And so long as there's a certain amount of economic stability, it never really seems to be that big of an issue. Yet when black men talk about mass incarceration, they blame it on their not being a father. Well, Kurt Franklin is a father. And to be honest, I don't think that Kurt Franklin did anything wrong. But Kurt Franklin is a black man, a Christian man. And he's trending right now worldwide on social media because he's having arguments with his son. And he cursed out his son. His son most likely deserved it. He's in his 30s. Who cares? But he's angry with his father because he said that his father is not, you know, being there for him. I don't know in what way. And he said, oh, he has all these issues because his father and his family don't love him. Now, to me, it seems like this man needs to not be in his family's life because he's getting on his family's nerve. And if he was my brother, I wouldn't talk to him either. But he's, you know, Kurt Franklin is still trending. He had to make a public apology for cursing out his son. And this man, his son, who's in his 30s, this man was raised with a mother, a father, brothers, and sisters. He still is not successful. He's not happy. He's miserable. And he's not doing well in life. So is it that if you have a black father, you automatically will have a good life as a black man? Not necessarily. So I think that it just is this egotistical, self-serving narrative that black fathers are just the epitome of good people. And so long as the black father is in the child's life, the child will turn out perfect. And it's just not true. Children just need economic stability and loving people around them in order to grow up to be decent people. I know many people who are adopted. My family's full of adopted people who are doing just fine, who didn't grow up with their mother nor their father. They were raised by elderly women of their same race. So also, I say all this to say black men do get a lot of funding, just like everyone else. I was watching a video with Cynthia G where she talked about, talked to a black man who was frustrated. His main issue with the black community was that black women don't want to date him and men like him because they are nerds and they're unattractive. And he thinks that black women should date guys that are not as attractive and that are not tough street guys. Now, instead of talking about systemic issues like the high mortality rate when it comes to black women giving birth to children or the public education system, or the cost of child care, or the infrastructure in black communities, and how there's a town in Texas full of black people where there's no plumbing still in 2021. They never had plumbing in the United States, which is a developed country. So they're talking about things like that, contaminated water where there is plumbing, um, gangs, um black on black aggression 
and how that is compared to when black people have issues with other people, how it, they manage to de-escalate, whereas when they have issues with each other, they happen to ex- escalate more often than not. Instead of talking about any of these issues, he's complaining about how he can't get a date because he's not attractive, doesn't have good social skills, and isn't funny. But because he thinks he's smart, he feels like black women should lose weight, have good attitudes, quote unquote, whatever that means, and should date him and sleep with him. Mind you, he doesn't have a good attitude because on his spare time, he went to call Cynthia G so that he can argue with her over something totally stupid. And he doesn't have a good attitude because when asked what's his beef with black women, he said they don't deal with as much punishment as black men. As if the answer to his problems is for black women to suffer as much as he is. Because he's jealous of black women's ability to date better people than he can or because he's jealous that black women can carry ourselves better and don't go through as much as him because we're not committing the same amount of crimes as him or because he's you know sexually frustrated because no one wants to sleep with him and he said oh this isn't my issue this is just some guy's issue okay well some people are just not going to get chosen because they are unattractive they're not funny they don't have good social skills i mean some of these guys that complain about how they can't get girls when you listen to them you can tell they're on the on some sort of a spectrum and the only thing that they have to offer a woman is bad sex and unattractive children with learning disabilities And they expect black women to throw themselves at them. Then when these guys do get some money, because they never have any money, when they do get some money, they go to other races of women, throw that in black women's faces, because clearly all they wanted from these women was sex, cheap sex. So they go to other groups of women, they throw these women in black women's faces, they leave those women... And can't get along with them either. And then they make those women single moms. So they spread misery everywhere they go. A good example of this would be black men, black American men in the military are well known now in Japan as being men who make single moms. It became such a huge issue that there is a woman, a black woman in the military who's a lawyer. She's about to retire soon. But she had to create a child support system because in Japan, they have such a conservative culture where most of the women are housewives. Most of the women in Japan are not single moms. Asian women in general, but specifically Japanese women, are known for being very submissive. Even when you listen to Japanese men versus Japanese women speak, Japanese men sound like they're yelling all the time. They sound super aggressive. And when you listen to Japanese women, they sound like little babies. Like you would think it was a father yelling at his daughter when they're just having little casual conversations because their culture is set up in such a way where the women are supposed to submit. Even culturally still, most Japanese women will run a bath for their husbands, let their husband take the bath first, first, and then to save water, they would take a bath afterwards. Because And many of them are known for raising their children by themselves because the man's always working, but he does pay the bills. There's even a word for it. And there's a word for working yourself to death, too, which is what Japanese men are known for. Because the men are the providers, so the women submit. Also, Japanese 
culture is known for having the healthiest food in the world because they eat a lot of fermented foods and they eat a ton of vegetables and they eat a lot of bone broth. So they're known for being very healthy and thin, having clear, very fair skin and long straight hair, being submissive, and they have a good education system, one of the best education systems in the world, but they're also known because of Confucianism to be humble and not brag about it. So black men online claim they want, and in general, they want light skin and long hair. Japanese women have that. They want exotic. Japanese women are foreign to them. They want foreign, same thing. They want slim, fit Japanese Women in general are known for being some of the fittest, healthiest women because of their diet. They want submissive. They're known for being submissive. And they want mixed race kids, which Japanese women can give them. Okay, so these are the things that they say they want. Well, if you notice, most Japanese women, the overwhelming majority, just like all non Black women who have kids with black men have about a 92% rate of being a single mom if they have a kid with a black man, American man. Okay, these are black American men. I'm not talking about black foreign men. I'm talking about black American men specifically, although black foreign men do the same thing. But black American men who have kids with Japanese women, the overwhelming majority of them end up being single moms. Here's the thing. It's an old saying. Oh, so much so that they had to create a child support system through the through this American lawyer who's with the U.S. military. And this is a system that the government does, didn't create because this is an issue they never had in that government before. An American had to go and help these women because these women were being abandoned and left by themselves to raise these kids alone. I'm not going to say no white men did it also, but it's mostly black men. So much so to the point where many Japanese women now are refusing to date black men because they don't want to be single moms. The old saying goes, everywhere you turn, everywhere you go, there you are. You could give black men everything that they want in the entire universe And they would still have the same results because they're still the same people. The truth of the matter is, you can blame the white media, but Tyler Perry owns his own production company. 50 Cent makes his own shows. Tyler Perry makes his own shows. Tyler Perry makes his own movies. Um, Issa Rae makes TV shows. Childish Gambino has Atlanta. There are so many different media outlets that are made for black people and by black people and distributed to black people. The media is run by all kinds of people now. So it's not the white media's fault. You can blame the white government, but the government is run by a diverse group of people now. There are many women in politics. There's a transgender person in politics. There are men of different races, women of different races, people of different genders. There are all kinds of people in the government at all levels. You can blame the white police force. The police have all races of people in the police. You can blame white judges. There are many different races of judges now including black. You can blame uh, systemic oppression, 
But then you have to think about it. And I'm not saying there's no such thing as racism and there isn't white supremacy because there is. But just like there can be a white person who's racist, there can be a black person who's racist. Now, hold on. I'm not saying racist against white people because black people don't have enough power to be racist against black white people because white people have more privilege in our society. But black people can be and usually are extremely racist against other black people, the men and the women, but particularly the men. For example, they say there's this thing called crime by proximity. And that's why there's such a high crime rate within the black community because we're in close proximity to each other and there's a lot of poverty. And that is true. However, we don't live in a segregated society anymore. And that's the element of the conversation that's always left out. So, for example, in a place like New York, which is very diverse, when you see the high crime rate, you'll see a lot of black men killing each other. But in Brooklyn, for example, that would be a good place to talk about because Brooklyn has a lot of African-Americans still. Um, In a place like the Bronx, there's black people, but a lot of them are newer immigrants from the Caribbean and Africa. But in Brooklyn, there are a lot of African-Americans who are the the descendants of uh, people who weren't enslaved during uh, legalized slavery. So you talk about that. You talk about black Americans in Brooklyn, which is a very diverse place. Most of the black Americans being killed are being killed by other black Americans. But do you think that black Americans in Brooklyn only have conflict with other black Americans? That's the part that people don't talk about. The fact of the matter is, before that black man decided to assault another black man, he more than likely dealt with 10 other groups of men 10 other men who were just as aggressive, hostile, and rude towards him of different races and walked away from all of them, but decided to fight that man because they were both the same race. Also, and I've seen and I've experienced black men be very polite to white women and very rude to black women. I've seen black men break up fights where white women are fighting and escalate and record fights when black women are fighting. I've seen black men and women praise and like comments and pictures and photos from white women and non-black women while vilifying and being rude towards black women in the same comment section. I've seen black men be proud of dating white single moms and walking around proudly with their white children. I've even recently seen a white man, a black man, excuse me, adopt a white daughter, but he didn't adopt a black daughter. I've seen men who are black Donate. I saw one man, he donated a part of his liver to a white woman because she was dying of lupus. Mind you, lupus most commonly affects black women, and black women can usually only accept, black American women in particular, can, because of our unique history, since we're the descendants of slaves and therefore we're mixed race, but we are usually most closely related to other black people, though, so we can usually only accept donations from other black American people. 
White people, on the other hand, because of their unique history, can usually accept donations from anybody. This man donated a part of his liver to a white woman that he didn't even know. Mind you, the probability is that he more than likely needed to donate his liver to a black woman because there are way more black women who have this condition who cannot accept donations from other races of people. So basically, he could have bypassed at least 10 to 20 black women who needed his liver so that he could give his liver to a white woman that he didn't even know. I've seen things like that happen more than once. So is that white supremacy? I would say that that is white supremacy, but that is the kind of white supremacy that is considered acceptable because it's black men that are treating white people like they're superior. I've seen black people be colorist, black women and black men towards black women while complaining about racism. I've seen The Weeknd, who's a black man, have Sabrina Claudio, who's been caught being discriminatory against black women online for years. He has this white Latina woman opening for him. He makes music where he fetishizes white women and praises white women for being white, but then complains that the Grammy's not giving him an award for because he's black. Well, is it okay to praise people for being white or is it not? Because it's not an issue when he does it. Goldman Sachs does need to give money to black women to close the wealth gap because black women are the most likely to raise black children because black men usually don't raise black or half black children. Black men have the shortest life expectancy in part because they don't raise their children because by the time they're elderly and need help from their children, their children are disconnected to them and don't want to help them. Black men are very difficult to get along with to the point where they're the most likely to be homeless because nobody wants to live with them and they are the most likely to call themselves high value men because they have money mind you they are the most likely to not be able to bounce back if there's a crisis because they don't practice group economics so even when they make money they're the most likely to lose it And I'm not saying all this to bash black men, but it's like the saying goes, everywhere you go, there you are. And I want to make this video because I was thinking like, if I have a son, he would probably be like everything that I just described. Like, you know, like he would probably be the problem. So what is it that's wrong with me that would make someone like that? And it doesn't feel good to think like that. You know, I even have heard videos. I've heard women talk and then I have seen this myself where black women have dated outside of their race and then had their relationships ruined because black men told these white or Asian men, oh, that girl you're with isn't pretty or she isn't special because she's black. And told them that they should date a white woman instead. I mean, my ex, who was biracial, was told by one of his black friends, who was full black, had two black parents, that he shouldn't date black women. This is before he even met me. He shouldn't date black women because, and he listed a bunch of stereotypes, that we had attitudes, we weren't good people, we were fat, we were ugly. So they would promote stereotypes to make our lives harder.
And to think I could make someone like that or that I could make someone who was trying to ruin my relationship before it even starts or while I'm in it, it kind of makes you think, well, what's wrong with you that this is the kind of thing that you could produce? But the issue is it doesn't feel good to criticize black people because it doesn't feel good to have to have these kind of thoughts of, well, what's wrong with me and what's wrong with people like me that we keep having these problems? But you can't solve the problems if you never talk about it and you never address it. If you don't get to the root of the issue, you can't solve the issue. When I grew up and I was watching the Malcolm X movie and I read the autobiography of Malcolm X, it felt so good. Like, it just felt so... It's weird to even describe the feeling because it felt so good to be able to blame everything on white people. I mean, it's crazy saying it out loud, but it's really true. It felt very empowering because we knew what the issues were. We still know what the issues are. Mass incarceration, the foster care system, poverty, slavery, segregation, the public school system, we know exactly what the issues are, the breakdown to nuclear family. But how? How do you solve these problems? And who's the one causing them? That's the debate. And it felt so good to see that movie and to read that book and think it's white people's fault. If they could just change and treat us better, everything would be better. It felt good to say that. It felt good to think that felt good to be pro-black. It makes you feel proud to be black when you can blame everything on other people. But once you really get down to the nitty-gritty and you realize, no, everybody has these issues and no one's dealing with them the same way that we are. It doesn't feel so good. It makes you think, oh, is there something wrong with me? But the great thing about it is you don't have to turn that thought of is something wrong with me into self-loathing. Instead, you can actually analyze the situation and make changes for the better. The problem is most people don't want to do that. Black men are not going to go online and say, the problem is we as black men don't get along with each other, don't respect anybody, and we're not responsible. That's why our women say they can do fine without us. That's why we're poor. That's why our lives suck. It doesn't feel good to say that. Instead, they'll blame everything on single moms. They'll blame everything on white men. They'll blame everything on other people so that they can continue doing what they're doing because it feels really good to do the wrong thing. I mean, who doesn't love doing bad things? It feels good to do bad things, but in the end, you get bad results when you do bad things. If you want to live a good life, you have to do good things, and that's difficult. It's tricky. It's hard to be responsible. It's hard to be a good person for a lot of people, but it's necessary if you want to be a success. I mean, one good example would be China. So I even remember reading in the autobiography of Malcolm X where Malcolm X is talking about how in China they had the opioid crisis because they kept getting opium from the U.S. or Europe or wherever. White people were giving them opium. And then they got uh, 
sanctioned because they didn't want to receive the drug anymore because opium was a huge issue. They were smoking opium. It was like a big deal and a big problem at one point in time. Well, the interesting thing about that is in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, China was a very poor country. They were having a really hard time overall. But in recent years, today in 2020, China is a superpower. China is the second wealthiest country in the world, and in 10 years, they're estimated to be the wealthiest country in the world. That is a big deal. They're buying things in Africa. They're really being perceived to be the next colonizers of Africa because of how much wealth they have in the loans that they're giving out. And they're really dominating globally. They have a social media app called TikTok that's one of the most popular apps in the world. They have so much data online. They're going to have their own search engines. They're on their way towards going to the moon now. These are things that people would have never thought years ago. I mean, I remember watching A Christmas Story and the mom tells her kid, Oh, you need to eat your food because there are people starving in China. Well, people now are, you know, applauding China for really being able to get itself to first world nation status almost. Which, I mean, I think technically they'd be a second world nation because they're communist still kind of. But anyways, I'm saying all this to say that for them to do that, they had to look at themselves and say, we need a one child law because if we keep making kids, we live a long time and we can't feed everybody. They had to say, we'll work for any price and we'll make anything. And we'll just practice group economics and all live in the same multi-generational households and help each other. They had to work long hours. They had to say, we need to really focus on education and became the most educated people on earth. Some say it's like Holland, but others say it's like China, Japan. It depends on what you look at. But China definitely has a great education system, nonetheless, better than the U.S. by all accounts. They really had to focus on education, family, work, and not having too many kids, not being sexually promiscuous, using birth control. They did these things and it worked. Japan, same thing. They didn't have they don't have a military in Japan. They had to focus on becoming business people. It's there it's not like these groups have never been disenfranchised or dealt with discrimination. They absolutely have. And some people would even say they still do. But they changed how they lived. They changed what they did. They worked together collectively. And they were able to really rise up above and beyond everything that they had been through. Black people everywhere could do the same thing, but that would never happen if you're blaming everything on white people. And I'm not here to say that 
everyone's treated fair and white people don't do anything wrong. I made a video where I talked about how when Eminem criticized Benzino for not getting an award in the magazine, Benzino's whole career went down the tube and Nicki Minaj and Beyonce and The Weeknd, all these people complained about the Grammys and nothing. You know, the Grammys is still going strong. So it's not, we're not all treated the same and life isn't fair and, and people can be mean. But the only white supremacists in this world are not just white people. And the issue in this world is not that everybody's being mean to black men. Black women do need help from other groups of men. And we do need help from the government. And even if we didn't get help from private sector or the public sector, because we live in a capitalist society, we could still utilize free market principles and create a barter system. Like there's the baby mama neighborhoods where single moms are moving in together and watching each other's kids when the other one goes to work so that they can have that free market system that, you know, they're doing the barter thing and that works for them. That works for them. And that's good. That's a good thing. And for other people, they're doing other things. It's never going to be a thing where the government stops giving assistance to black women and other groups of men stop helping black women. And you call all the black women who date out bedwinches. So now black women have to crawl back to black men. The only thing that will make black men useful is not having kids and not being sexually promiscuous and sleeping with a lot of women and being mean on the Internet. What's going to make them useful is if they can really build themselves in the free market or in the public sector if they can actually be successful public servants whether that be teachers politicians social workers and make money that way and then give it back to their community then great or if they can work in the private sector and start not-for-profit organizations that help to build and develop their community, that would also be great. If they collectively can get into the private sector, make money, marry within their own race the majority of the time, not always, but the majority of the time, like all other groups of people do, including black women, if they could do that and then create a uh, policies and and economic opportunities that could help other black people that would be great and if when the, and if within the home they could actually be good role models that would also be helpful these are the things that they can do to make it to where people say well I don't need a man and, and that sounds ridiculous. Well, if you're growing up in a culture where the men have not proven themselves to be of good use, then of course people are going to say they don't need you because you're not necessary because you don't add anything of necessity to whatever your whatever family or whatever anywhere you're going, whether it be family, friends, private sector, public sector, nonprofit, it doesn't matter. You're not adding anything. So Black men could be upset online that black women are getting more help than them. But ultimately, you know, no man has to help another man, for one. Two, the government helps everybody who applies. They can complain about welfare all they want. But if they want to apply for Medicaid and food stamps, they're more than welcome to. Everyone's entitled to it. And if they want to take custody of their kids and get child support, they can do that. Because some black men do it. The truth of the matter is most don't because they don't want to.
because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility and they don't want to deal with that. And that's the real truth of it that they don't want to talk about. And until they talk about what's really going on with them, which is that they are not able to get along with anybody, they're always going to have these issues over and over and over again as long as they live. No matter who they go with, no matter where they go. And so long as black women also participate in white supremacy by showing favor to other races of people, and so long as they participate in massage noir by showing favor to black men over black women, and by worshiping black men and acting like they can do nothing wrong, not holding them accountable for anything. And so long as they keep doing these things that enable this bad behavior, things are never going to get better. You know, I always say it's not black lives matter. It's a black death matters whenever a black person is killed by a white person. You can cry black lives matter all night long. And I'm not going to say that's a totally bad organization. There have been some good things that have happened. There have been some checks and balances. There are cameras that these police officers have to carry, which is helpful in some instances. But Overall, the culture and the climate isn't going to change if every time a black person gets into an issue with a black person, they're quick to want to harm each other, but they walk away from other groups of people when they have issues with them. If we don't collectively change how we maneuver, how we treat each other and how we are, then nothing's going to change. I mean, I saw some people in the comment section saying, give the money to black men and then they'll give it to black women. Black men don't give black women anything but headaches, kids, and debt. And they borrow our cars all the time. I mean, they don't give anybody anything. If you're not a white businessman selling them something that they want to wear, they're not giving you anything. So... Black men need to figure out what they're going to do to get themselves in a better situation. And they also just need to, like, keep doing what they're doing if that's what they want to do. You know, I think it's good to hear black men's voices. I really do. I honestly, and I do want to close with this. You know, I see a lot of people online complaining about Kevin Samuels. I haven't seen any of his videos, but I have seen a few clips and, you know, I think it's great that Kevin Samuels is saying his opinion because I think that for so long people have been saying that, oh, you need to choose better or, oh, these issues you're talking about are so rare, like as if it's all just an anomaly. And it's not an anomaly. This is black culture. These men are really this mean. They really think this way. They're really this ruthless you can talk to a South Asian woman and she'll tell you that the beauty standard is fair skin. Most of them like lighter skinned women. You'd say that about a black man and black women will get defensive and angry. I mean, there was a post of white women in a chat, a group chat saying that black guys will do anything to be with them, which is the truth most of the time. And there were black women getting angry about it. Why? When it's the truth, we need to allow black men 
to have a voice so that they can say the truth. That way we can get to what's really going on. If we keep silencing them and acting like they're these victims and they're not responsible for anything, they won't have to take accountability for anything because they're not responsible for anything. They need to be able to be responsible for something. They need to be able to say the truth. They need to be allowed to be who they are. And if they're discriminating against people, people who happen to look like them, then they need to face consequences for the discrimination that they're causing. They're not because no one's allowing them to really be themselves so that we can analyze what's really going on and make appropriate changes in our culture so that the culture can improve. It's never going to improve if we never acknowledge that it even exists, exists and is an issue. So that's just how I feel about that. Later.